Women Mind the Water podcast engages artists in conversation about their work and explores the connection with the ocean. Through these stories, Women Mind the Water hopes to inspire and encourage action to protect the ocean and her creatures. Today I am speaking with Liz Ames, a native Mainer who is a consummate art educator, among many other things. Liz's artwork is influenced by her favorite places along the shore and the many things she's collected there. Liz is founder of Echoes in Stone, a shop on Etsy that features her castings of sea creatures. She is extremely proud of the fact that the materials she uses are natural and biodegradable or recyclable. Welcome, Liz. Let me start by asking you about your journey. How did you become an artist? Oh, that's a Great question. Um, I uh, I grew up with uh, a mom as an art teacher. Uh, one of my aunts is an art teacher as well. Um, and I think that when you have like creative people around you um, that help kind of foster um, that creative energy and um, really kind of push you um, to think differently. Um, I, I'd say that my journey as an artist started from like day one. <laughs> so um, I think it, it has a lot to do with um, people telling you that you're an artist as well. So um, I think that's really important um, with my students at school um, as well. I think that everybody has the ability to be an artist, but um, I became an artist um, because I was able to um, have that kind of opportunity to allow myself to try a whole bunch of different media. Um, and I was introduced to museums at a very young age as well. So um, it's just, it was always around me and I've always loved it. So tell me how you arrived at what you do in terms of your art. Yeah. So that's kind of a funny journey. Um, so as an art teacher, um, I, I have to be um, extremely knowledgeable of most subjects in art. Um, so I'm always dabbling in all sorts of different things um, so that my kids, you know, uh, my students at school can um, learn uh, a whole bunch of, a whole variety of materials. Um, and I also, in that way, need to be frugal <laughs> because of that. Um, so the the base of my art um, currently in Echoes in Stone is a combination of different plasters, um, which happen to be a, a more uh, affordable option um, in terms of creating. Um, and also my, my husband is a uh, plaster um, and drywall um, contractor. And so it has been around me for about a decade or so. Um, and I just, um, as he was researching his job um, and we were learning more about lime and um, limestone and um, the fact that it's derived from um, the ocean itself, it's from ocean creatures. Um, I just kind of loved that uh, connection to kind of bring in artwork that was not only created from the earth, um, but was also, um, it shows the, uh, the imagery on it is, is, is exactly from what it was at one point in time. Um, so it's kind of 
cool to think of it as like an ancient artifact or like a fossil that has re-become a fossil. Um, so um, I, I've done a lot of drawing and painting and, um, and I actually did a lot of figure drawing in college. Um, but I found that my drawings and paintings have almost become like too emotionally attached to. <laughs> so it was really hard for me to um, produce something and, uh, and sell it immediately. I, I really had a, a quite an emotional attachment to my artwork. Um, so to find a medium where I can, um, especially my relief sculptures, where I can cast, I can create a mold and then cast it and get about three or four casts out of that one mold. Um, I can actually keep one for myself and then I can, you know, decide to sell the other ones if I wanted to. Um, I'd like to know more about your process. How do you choose your subjects and how do you go about creating each piece? I have always been connected to the ocean um, as a as a native Mainer um, and especially uh, coastal Maine. Um, I grew up in Arundel, which is about 15 minutes from uh, a couple different beaches. And uh, my parents had a house um, that they bought that um, in the 80s for on a dime because it had burned a bit in Port Clyde. So I had um, connections to both southern Maine, coastal Maine, and the mid coast. And um, the beach was really a, a playground. Um, all of my best memories as a kid um, growing up were kind of flipping over rocks and tide pools and seeing what scurried out from underneath them and um, just kind of, uh, you know, creating, uh, you know, mandalas out of things in the sand or, um, you know, all sorts of different ways that you can be creative at the beach. Um, so what I wanted to do is I really, um, I've always... If I'm not at the beach, I'm thinking about the beach. So when I started creating artwork, um, especially with, with uh, the lime plaster, um, I wanted to create um, that those same kind of feelings that you get, like where, um, because seaweed is such a funny material, you can't really bring a piece of seaweed home, because um, not only is it a little bit smelly, but um, it's, you know, it's just not something that you do. Um, so I wanted to create something that um, kind of captured that, the essence of like the seaweed in the water. Um, so when I was researching plaster and um, kind of like where it's evolved from in terms of not only like a house material, um, but scientists and botanists um, back in the day, hundreds of years ago, used to use it to cast um, kind of botanical life. Um, and kind of that essence that like, you know, seaweed is, you know, it gets dry, you know, when it's low tide and um, when it's wet, it really kind of creates this almost like underwater forest. Um, so I wanted to create artwork that um, really kind of brings you back to the ocean and, um, you know, like kayaking through um, the islands and kind of pushing yourself through that wet seaweed and um, what you see in tide pools and what you see when you look down in the main oceans. So that's kind of how I got my subject. I like to hear the story behind a particular piece um, that you created, one that reflects your connection with the ocean. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Um, they're all so different, but, um, a lot of them are similar in a lot of ways. Um, I would, I will probably describe, um, one of my larger seaweed pieces, um, that incorporates like seaweed and shells. Um, and basically these are, uh, relief sculptures. So, um, it's flat on the backside. Um, then it kind of, um, there's like a three-dimensional quality to it on the front side and it's, um, 
let me, let me, I'm thinking of one in particular where the seaweed kind of cascades around the top. Um, and basically in the actual artwork, um, I've, I've placed little, you know, the seaweed in a very certain way um, that kind of looks like it's being pulled by the ocean, but also I've added um, elements like uh, oyster shells and um, mussel shells to kind of create a, um, that kind of tide pool effect. Um, and I, I create in kind of a minimalist fashion where I like to create something where your mind can kind of make up the rest of it. Um, I, I thought for a while about adding color to my imagery, but um, I thought that it would be more interesting actually if your mind actually created what colors you might have seen in that moment um, or you remembered in that moment. Um, and I also like the idea of the fact that my pieces always change, um, specifically my relief sculpture pieces, because depending on where your light source is in your house, um, the shadows cast off of those um, relief pieces of seaweed and shells, those shadows are going to be different all day long, um, depending on how the sun is in your room. So um, they change constantly, um, which I, I really enjoy uh, that they're constantly changing. So how is your art an expression of who you are as a person and your view of the world? I would say that my art is an expression of me as a person because um, I've always kind of felt a deep connection to our coast. Um, I know the impact of um, pollution and um, overfishing and all of those different things because I see it um, very locally. Um, so, I mean, I've been very lucky to have uh, been born so close to our coast, but it's also been interesting to see the impact of um, even overpopulation of seals, let's say, um, in, in southern Maine, there's been a huge influx of, of an overpopulation of seals, and we found a lot of sick ones on the beach, and um, I, I just, I think that when people are connected to the ocean um, or if they have an appreciation for the ocean um, or the place that they live, um, specifically Maine, in my case, um, I think that it's important that whatever you're creating um, is not only going to kind of showcase um, things that you love, but the materials that you use are not going to be harmful. Um, I know a lot of re uh, artists recently have gotten into resin, and I don't know if they've looked into the um, negative effects of resin. And um, I'm just, I'm trying to be as um, eco-conscious as I possibly can in my creations. So um, that would be why um, it's an expression of me and my view of the world. How would you like others to react to and use your art? I think that I would really like people to um, kind of react to my artwork the way they do to like ice cream. Um, so <laughs> when you're getting an ice cream, you're like, this is amazing. Um, and I want them to remind them of, uh, you know, maybe a special memory that they had uh, of the ocean. Um, and I want them to use my artwork kind of however they feel it should be used, I guess. Um, I mean, I would personally put it in a location where it was kind of sunny, so you'd be able to see, um, you know, the cast shadow all day long and see it change. But if 
people want to put it in, you know, a darker corner, that's fine too. <laughs> I have been speaking with Liz Ames for the Women Mind the Water podcast series. The series can be viewed on the womenmindthewater.com and an audio version of this podcast is available on the Women Mind the Water website and on iTunes. A special thanks to Jane for her music, Women of Water. This is Pam Ferris Olson. Thank you for listening.